There ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them is a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out, pick me a pig. Oh, yeah. Good morning and welcome in to 90 Minutes of Questions and Answers to Landscape problems. Nebraska Extension educator Nicole Stoner and her guests going to solve your problems. Bugs, critters, rot spots, they don't care. They'll take care of them all. We call it Yard and Garden Live. All you have to do is call 402-729-3383. Absolutely no charge. And now the uh, talented and lovely and green-thumbed Nicole Stoner. A little applause for her. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, before we get started, uh, we weren't here last week, I but know. man, oh man, we had a we had a money raiser for St. Jude, over six, 62000 awesome. uh, plus change. And uh, so, yeah, that was well worth it. Yeah. Take one week off and let everybody uh, kind of hold all their questions for today. Mm-hmm. Because today, along with you, yeah. we have somebody in studio who has knowledge uh oh, yeah. running out running out both of his ears in fact <laughs> sometimes i feel like we need to uh get one of those little doggy things you know <laughs> so if it, if it starts running over it gets soaked up tell everybody who you got i brought with me dick campbell from campbell's nursery so welcome thank you for coming thanks nicole i'm happy to be here you mm. do have a wealth of knowledge you've been <laughs> been working in the, the landscape trade all your life right yes that's correct yeah uh, too many years built up <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> to, to, don't really care to mention how many years well, that is. I wasn't going to get into well, that. Well, yeah. it's been, uh, I'm just trying to think, it'd be uh, about uh, 50 years now. Wow, <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, and if you don't know uh, Dick Campbell uh, from Campbell's Nursery, uh, you were one of the sons. Is that right? Yeah. One of, our grandfather started the business. And I had it right this morning. Yeah. And uh, then my parents, both my father and mother, were involved in the operation and took it over. Mm-hmm. And uh, then all four of us out of the third generation went into the business. Mm-hmm. And now we have four out of the fourth generation wow. in the wow. business. I have a couple of questions Great. here. When your grandfather started it, was it a uh, uh, was it a retail operation like it is now? He was a government uh, mail clerk, mm-hmm. and but he lived at Twenty Eighth and Vine in Lincoln, and he had he lo- loved plants and flowers, and so he grew a lot of plants and flowers in his yard, and peop- the subway or the last stop on the on the rail car was at 27th and Vine and families would walk to Wayuka Cemetery on the weekends and have picnics out around their graves their family's graves uh-huh. and they'd stop at his yard and ask to buy flowers out of his yard and so <laughs> what a that's, story. How, that that's cool. how the whole that's thing started so that was in 1912 mm-hmm. that's wow. a cool story that is that's a really great neat. story yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not true, that's <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. So, is the uh, is the original home still there? Uh, that house has been replaced, uh-huh. but and then actually, there one at Thirty uh, Sixth uh, and J Street. Uh, they moved to in nineteen nineteen and had an acre of land there. Uh, okay, and that one's still there. It's still there. Yeah, yeah. and is uh, doing very well. Good. 
Good deal. Um, Three-story and yeah. uh, uh, just a great area. And then in 1949, the folks uh, moved down to South 40th Street, where our garden center exists still to this oh, day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so uh, we have that and the one at 56th and Pine Lake Road All right. on the south. So uh, listen, if uh, if we have a listeners out there that uh, are are uh, questioning uh, what's going on with your yard, or if it's time to do this, that, or the other thing, now would be a great time to call four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Before I forget. Uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about the peonies, and yeah. I was going, oh, man, I don't know. They have their little heads bent down. Are they doing okay? Uh, you mm-hmm. know what? I think we're going to, I know we're not going to have as many blooms as normal, mm-hmm. but uh, it looks to me like, well, number one, they look like they didn't see any cold weather at all. Right. And it looks to me like there's the, the buds are starting to swell a little bit. I noticed on, uh, I have a few as well, and they have a nice little bud on them. They didn't have much, though, when that real cold came through. Because they're in more of a shadier area, yeah. so they don't do very well. Yeah. Um, I, I moved them there, and I probably shouldn't have moved them there. Um, but they, so they don't um, usually bloom huge, but I noticed just, I think it was this morning when I was out with my dog, that... They have some pretty decent yeah. buds on them. All so right, yeah. Looks like maybe we'll be okay. And the lilacs, yeah. you know, they bloomed crazy oh, man, this they, year. They, yeah, they, they were, were amazing, so, yeah. which was good. You know, but that cold hit right as they were. Didn't. It right. was, it, it got cut. Where mm-hmm. the snow cover yep. was, it was okay and it, it bloomed. Yes. But otherwise. Above that, they were almost, they're like almost dead above yes, that. Yes, so, that's right. That's, that's, um, that just goes to show you how much warmer it is under a blanket of snow, yes. doesn't it? Yes. yes. Let's, uh, let's go and see what uh, we have. Here's Crystal. Uh, Crystal's down in Haddam. Hi, Crystal. What's your uh, question? I've got some boxwood bushes. And after that Arctic freeze we had a few months ago, they have started turning yellow and brownish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that before the show. Right. It's very common right now. And it is because of that cold. And what you can do is just, uh, you can wait a while if you want and then trim the dead out. Mm-hmm. And the boxwood will send new growth and fill itself back out, even if you have to take it back to what appears to be bare wood. It will rebud behind that, and uh, it may take it a year or so to fill completely in. But um, that will would be your best thing. And then if you want to fertilize it a little bit uh, after you do the trimming, uh, that would be good also. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Good Thanks news. For yeah, thank you. Good news from Yard and Garden Live here today. The boxwood will recover, huh? Good deal. Here's, uh, let's go over to Thayer County. This is Matt over in Hebron. Hi, Matt. Hi. What's your question, bud? Oh, hey, I got uh, an American linden that I planted in my backyard probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was pretty well, you know, a pretty good sized tree when I planted it. Um, and it seems like it's doing pretty well, but occasionally I see on a few branches, not very large branches, but they they look like they die, and it almost looks like there's uh, something peeling the bark off of the dead branches. Um, like I said, the, the tree really looks fairly healthy. Leaves are coming on and everything. I don't see any bugs or anything on there, but I didn't know if I should be concerned about that. You know the, the, uh, where it's peeling and you have the dead branches, uh-huh. um, 
it can be two things. One, it can be that the the dead limb is just shedding its bark. Okay. But the other th option it can be, uh, and if you look carefully, uh, squirrels during the winter will actually go in and girdle and chew on a branch, to and that's where a means of uh, them getting moisture. And also, if it gets to have too many males in the area, they will each come in and stake out branches mm -hmm. and, and eat the bark, uh, saying, this is my territory, and the other one will say, no, this is my territory. Well, that's something. So it could be any of those three things. Okay. Um, but do trim the dead ones out, because there is a dormant bud right back on the main trunk, and... It will take it a while to activate, but then it will start growing a new branch in that area. Mm -hmm. Okay, so did you you said do trim the dead out? Yes. Okay. Okay. And you take it back. You'll you'll if you look closely, there's going to be a little knob, uh, a raised portion right close to the bark, and you want to trim it just on the outside of that raised bark. Okay. Next to the tree. Next, Next to, to the, the trunk. trunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. If it, but if it is out just on the tip. Of the branch, you, you could just, cut. You yeah. could cut back, but make sure that you're cutting back to a side branch that's at least half the size of the branch you're removing, so that you still have some growth there and it can continue on, like Dixie. Absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. great. So I was worried I was going to have to spray it with something or something, but yeah, I could see how it could be squirrels. We got plenty of those running around. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of damage on a lot right. of different things, and sometimes they're just being pesky squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> that's what they do for a living, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it seems like it. It's uh, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's a groaner. I keep reminding myself they're a rodent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they are. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. This is Yard and Garden Live. We're going to take a quick time out. Now would be a great time to call and get your questions answered. We'll be back in a jiffy. And we are back, Yard and Garden Live. And we have Nicole Stoner and Dick Campbell with us uh, this morning answering questions. And let me see. Deb, I see you from Harbine. Uh, you are in queue, and we're going to get to you. But uh, first, before we go to you, well, let's go to Gary in Davenport. Hi, Gary. What's your question? Knock out roses outside of our house, and the tops just start greening up. Could they have winter killed or... I mean, the bottoms are, are look great, but the top two feet is just nothing. Yes, um, they they very much could have gotten damaged mm -hmm. during, especially as cold as we got this winter. What you'll do is let them leaf out, uh, or if you can see the green of the stem and then it turns to the brown or black above, take it back down to the green. And it's on its own root system, so it will regrow mm -hmm. and be true to form. Uh, and you'll be amazed at how quickly that fills back out this year. Okay, that's what I needed to know. So we're just trim them back and uh, hope for the best. That's right. Yep. And it's, you're getting close to about uh, the middle or third week of this month. You'll want to get on uh, like a two-way uh, rose and flower systemic, which comes as, as you uh, make it, mix it in a watering can, and you just water around the rose. And we, we get into a, a, an insect that will come in and, and uh, put holes in the leaves otherwise. 
uh, and it also can carry the virus from um, from one rose to to the another. So that you do need that good protection uh, later on this <coughs> month. Okay, I know I know the Japanese beetles. Mm. Yeah. Really yep. like them, but yeah. Well, and if you're or, using a systemic, that would hurt, that would work against Japanese yes, beetles yes, as well. Yeah. So you take care okay. of both of them, mm -hmm. and and plus it's very safe to use because there's nothing uh, on the leaves mm -hmm. or it's inside the plant. Mm -hmm. So when the any insect goes and tries to take a bite out of it, they're getting uh, mm -hmm. killed by that insect insecticide that's in the in the uh, juices. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you for the call, Gary. Here, uh, by the way, that opens up a line of 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. We're four for four, guys. We've had four different calls and four good results all mm -hmm. the way through. Deb, what's uh, what's on your mind today? Well, good morning, Nicole. It's your favorite camp cook. Oh, hi there. <laughs> How are you? She is my favorite camp cook. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. Okay, my son planted rhubarb last summer uh -huh. and it did really well we didn't pick it like it said mm -hmm. came up this year and first of all it started blooming which mm -hmm. we had never seen mm -hmm. and we went looked online said to break those off yep fine but they still don't look like they're doing as well as they did last year can he fertilize them with something mm -hmm. and then he wanted to know if he dumps so we have chickens if he dumps the chicken water on them which would have some manure in it is that going to be too hot for it or would that be okay you can use chicken manure um, on those kinds of plants i always say in the fall but i guess you're not going to harvest this year anyway um, <clears throat> with that but it would be best if you can you know wait till you really clean it up in the fall and then you can put some of that manure around it um, but uh, and that should help uh, make it you know start coming back the other thing is with the cold weather i'm wondering if they're just a little sluggish this year right um I, I don't grow rhubarb, so I'm not sure what it looks like. Me neither, um, but I mean, our I temperatures guess. have been up and down, you know, where right. we get mm -hmm. some nice warm weather. And then the next night we had two or three nights in a row, they got really cold. Right. And uh, I know uh, people who have asparagus have undoubtedly seen uh, the, the, you know, the shepherd hook oh, yeah. Yeah. On their, in their asparagus. So mm -hmm. it could be the same thing with the rhubarb, huh? Yeah, yeah. but it, a little fertilizer, I think, would really help. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt a thing. Especially early on in the, the life cycle of right. the rhubarb. Um, are you harvesting at all this year? We did once, just okay. maybe eight stocks off of four plants. Okay, no. perfect. I mean, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't take a lot off just because, yeah. okay, they're not doing as well as we'd like. Yeah, I would um, kind of just give it another year before you do too much more um, harvesting. But, yeah, um, and, you know, with the watering with it, um, if you're not harvesting, I think you'd probably be okay with that. But, um, yeah, if, uh, with manure, we say do it in the fall so that it can – all the bacteria breaks down before you're harvesting from that. And I wouldn't pour – any of that like right on top of the plant right. like just around the outside okay. not not on the the plant itself yeah chicken manure is is mm -hmm. actually very hot and yes. so just a little uh, bit yeah <laughs> that's what i'm thinking yeah, if it's we in do, the water we do that but <laughs> okay because usually in the garden it goes on in the fall but yeah. he didn't know if he could dump where it was lot diluted with the water if he could dump that on them or not yeah i think he could but as as nicole said it should be around the plant and not on the foliage right Okay, thank you very much. Thank here's, you. Here's dry begging at its best, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> By the way, Deb, did I mention the fact that I just love rhubarb and strawberry rhubarb pie? <laughs> well, 
I got to find some now if I can't harvest uh, you, know, you know what? I can wait until next year. <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> maybe, maybe Adam will share. Maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. Thank right. you. Bye. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Lines open. Answering your question, Nicole Stoner, Gage County Extension Educator, and Dick Campbell from Campbell Nurseries uh, in Lincoln. So, man, oh, man, if you got a question, you can get an answer today. That's for sure. Also, um, I've got a list that I stole from the... Uh, social media that has a list of some of the area's farmers markets and i wanted to you know go through these before we we walk out here and uh and make sure that you know that it where it came from so it might not be a hundred percent accurate and uh so if you if you hear one that i'm talking about and it's not right uh call yard and garden and say yeah they changed that to whatever uh so let me see. Tuesday, up in Wilbur, they have uh, at the corner of 3rd and Harris from 4 until 6.30. That's on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday, Crete, 2.30 to 6 at uh, Ace Hardware parking lot. Well, that makes sense because Dan, he would like to have the produce in his <laughs> parking lot. I can see that. Uh, Thursday, uh, Beatrice from 4 until 6.30 at 801 Court Street. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, Washington also on Thursday from 4 until 6.30 on the west side of the courthouse. Uh, Saturday, uh, Washington, again, 8 to noon on the west side of the courthouse. Uh, Hebron, it looks like uh, they set up from 8 until noon on Saturdays as well at 240 Lincoln Avenue. And uh, also in Fairbury on Saturday, 8 to noon back downtown on the west side of the square. Uh, there's a little park where a building used to be and a little green space there. And that's where they have Farmer's Market in Fairbury. That's once again on the west side of downtown. You, I mean, you can't miss it. Come downtown, you'll find it. Uh, from 8 until noon on Saturday. So once again, if you hear one that's not quite right, or, hey, if you want to add one to the list, uh, call, because we'll keep it and we'll keep repeating that information as we continue on Yard and Garden Live. Uh, 402-729-3383, 402-729-3383, our phone number is, <coughs> Dick came in and we sat down before we go on the air and uh, Dick was asking about, you know, what kind of questions are we getting mm -hmm. on Yard and Garden Light and, and one of them was a lot, we're getting a lot of people with fruit trees calling mm -hmm. and wanting to know what they can expect as far as harvest goes and, uh, Basically, it kind of depends on the tree, right, Nicole? Yeah. Um, you know, you're, the ones that are a little more on the edge for growing in Nebraska. See, such peach. As and, peach and, and your the, the apricot. nectarines and apricots and those. But plums, um, plums not, not so much? They do pretty they well. Do pretty okay. Well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah. they may have been knocked back right. a little. They were in full bloom when, yes. when, that, came, yeah. um, when that cold spell came. but. Typically, like your apples and your pears, I think those should be okay. Yeah. Um, I was uh, looking through for that. I think when they'd called, I, I said that we had a guide that I was using last year, and I had to go back through and find it. Um, and I think uh, I did that when I was putting the blog up. And um, it was 29 degrees. Um, you'll lose about 10%. And that was from pretty much through across the board. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think 
Um, and it was like, I think that was when they were in full bloom. Um, so I think we might lose a little bit um, of some of them, but um, I would think the ones we would see more damage on would be like your peaches um, and, and nectarines and apricots, those kinds of things, um, just because they're not um, quite as hardy in Nebraska. That's, that's right. <clears throat> you know, and one little tip for people is if they want to delay that bloom on the peach and apricot, mm -hmm is to, in the fall, uh, as they're getting leaf dry, after they're getting leaf drop, is to take and, and put mulch underneath the tree, uh, covering the basically the root system within a good radius. Mm -hmm. And then that keeps that soil colder. Mm -hmm. And so you will get the peach and the apricot blooming later then, mm -hmm. and you will actually have a better better chance of having That'll yeah, help because that. you're buying so many days that's right and yeah. when you're saying in the fall you're saying late fall once it's the ground is already cold right that's once right. you're getting frozen oh, frozen see, ground yeah um so that's what you know we'll do yeah. that sometimes with maybe some of our tender perennials exactly and we'll add extra mulch at that time right. but you want to wait until we've hit that frozen ground so we're looking could be november december. mid mid yeah. to late november at least yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah generally in december is yeah. where i tell yep. people that's a good one um mm -hmm. you know in january december january you generally have at least one or two days where you know it's, it's it, you know it's, yeah or it might be mm -hmm. exactly it might be you know 38 42 degrees but it, no wind and it seems like it's hot yeah. because you've been going through the cold weather so you generally can find a time to you know, because you talk a lot about watering mm -hmm. in the winter mm -hmm. how important yeah. that is uh, so you can generally find some time. Most of the time on Christmas. It's it's always warm on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always disappoints me. <laughs> That's right. The other thing, because of that cold weather that I've been watching in my own yard, besides the boxwood damage, mm -hmm. the burning, uh, is the althea seem to mm -hmm. be right. really late in coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you mentioned butterfly bush, yeah. and that would be true, too. So if they have butterfly bush and it, it only starts leafing at the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, you can cut that top off right. and it will regrow and yep. fill back out. And having a more established root system, you'll be amazed at how quickly it regrows. Yeah, and you know, and and that's one of those you can cut a butterfly bush back to the ground every year if you want to. Correct. They they regrow pretty fast. Um, it's just if it would warm up, maybe it would have a few more leaves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right now, mine does not look like much, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know it's there. Yeah, <laughs> mine is. I, I noticed I was out messing around, mm -hmm. and I. I it was maybe maybe two inches. Oh yeah, mine's, yeah, mine's just up. a few, but it's yeah. it's a fairly young butterfly bush. So. Which, by the way, I got a Campbell's a long time ago, and I mean it just it's a working like a trooper for us. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, we we do make a change here in, over in Beatrice. We've been told that the farmers market uh, has is moving to a new location at Sixth and High mm. Street. That's in the United Methodist parking lot. There, uh, we had Court Street, so it's Sixth and High Street. The uh, Centenary United Methodist Church parking lot. Okay, and we'll make that change on our list. And thank you, thank you for whoever called that in for mm -hmm. calling that in. Appreciate it. Another thing that people have been calling about, and this this is kind of interesting. We've had a couple of calls uh, with the cold weather. Do you think maybe we won't have as bad a bagworm problem this year? I mean, we've had a lot of calls. Mm -hmm. yeah. about, you know, people asking about that. You know, it, I I don't bagworms seem to be pretty tough. <laughs> they do. Um, I read an article uh, from Iowa State that said that uh, one degree. 
for 24 hours, one degree temperature for 24 hours will kill 75% of the eggs in the bag. Oh, really? So that's why I'm hopeful. Yeah. I, and I, like I keep telling everybody, I can't guarantee it, but yeah. this is what it shows is that it should work. And so it should have knocked them, at least knocked them back. Yeah. And I know like back, um, we had a real high, uh, real high population in like the 2008-ish, 2009-ish. And then we had that really bad winter where, remember, Christmas was a yes. blizzard. Yes, yes. Um, and that really knocked them back. And so yeah. it's that, those, Cycles. those cold, yeah. And they, they're going to cycle through like anything right. else. You know, you're going to have, uh, the population build, build, build on any yeah. insect. And then eventually they crash for yeah. some reason or another, often food or cold temperatures. Right. So we were very, very high with bagworm populations. So I'm anticipating, I'm, being, I'm being optimistic yeah. that it's, you know, it's going to be a little less this year. But mm. if, if they can reach them and they still have bags mm-hmm. hanging on yeah they should get them off yep because the the eggs are inside that mm-hmm. bag for this next year and so you will eliminate a lot of your problem right getting rid of those bags uh at this time yep exactly and people want to know how to do that you always tell them to uh stomp them throw them in soapy mm-hmm. buck of water or, or put them in water. the burn burn barrel burn barrel Some if you live in, uh, in a place where you have a burn barrel, yep. you can just toss them in, and then you can hear them a little. You can hear them going, "Ouch!" I don't. I don't they don't. They don't scream. They don't. No. no. Or but you they know, do the cr- two brick method. Yeah. Smash them between two bricks. Well, oh wow! If you, I, you take and put them in a paper bag as you're picking them off, mm-hmm. and it, they are, and they, it's the where they're still alive. Mm-hmm. You'll just hear rustling. Yeah, you will <laughs> yeah. Through, through the bag. Yes. Once, yes. once they've once they've emerged from their bags, huh? Yes. yes. Yeah. There, there are some some bad. I've I've heard some horror stories of I put them in a trash can and then in a warm location and then they all emerged in that location and you yeah. you don't want that because no. it's never where you want them. Right? No. When, when that happens, it's never in a good spot. No. Um, well, so where would be a good spot for a uh, bag? bagworm well, too. If, if it was just outside. Oh, outside, yeah. Yeah, like this one was was not. <laughs> but <laughs> if they if they do put them in a, a bag of plastic or paper or whatever and close it tightly, mm-hmm. then let them go to the garbage yeah. to landfill mm-hmm. and um, and that that'll take care of them too. Right. I wonder if they'd be right. if they do well in your compost. <laughs> no, I don't think don't so. Don't think so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe if you smash them first. Yeah, if you, you yeah. kill them first, yeah, then know. decompose. Mm-hmm. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. You know we lead an exciting life when we can sit around talking about bagworms. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> well, you know, the other thing is, uh, even if we do have eggs that have been killed, They'll want to look carefully the end of May, the first part of June. Mm-hmm. And the bag, the new bagworms are going to be very tiny, but yep. they're going to be on the inside of the plant. Mm-hmm. And when we don't see them at that point and they get the bag build up around them on the outside, they're next to impossible to kill. Right. And you, at that point, just need to pick them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look You really got to inspect closely because yes. we often don't see them until they're two inches long. That's well, right. when they're two inches long, that's not going to, you're it's not going to get to them with yeah. a spray. That's right. Um, you want to get them when they're less than a half an inch. So you've really got to be yep. looking. So I tell people, you know, starting, you know, towards the end of May, just say on Mondays, I'm going to go out and look at my trees. And so every Monday, just go out and like really inspect your cedar trees or whichever trees you're having spruce. problems with, spruce, you know, yeah. those. 
and really look. And you will see them. They look just like the big ones, but really tiny. Yeah, huh. that's right. And so you want to look for that. And once you see those coming on, then you can spray. Right. right. Let's go to the phone. By the way, if you'd like to phone in a question, 402-729-3383 will get you here. 402-729-3383. Here is Renee uh, calling from Fairmont. Hi. Hi. Um, we have two farmsteads that used to have poppies on them. Mm-hmm. And last year there was three poppies. So I went out and collected the seeds. When's the best time and how to plant them? Um, You're going to want to wait till we warm up a little bit more and um, uh, get the ground temperatures up. uh, Because the poppies are going to want a little warmth in that soil. And then Uh the poppy seed is uh, not real large. And... No. <laughs> yeah, pretty tiny. Um, and so you're only going to want to put them about a quarter of an inch deep at the most. Okay. And you could just sow them uh, and into an area that you've set up with, you know, nice soil. Uh-huh. And uh, put them just very shallow and water them. And then um, once they start to come up, then if you want, you can dig those seedlings up uh, taking enough soil so you keep its root system intact and move them where you would like them to be but you'll need to uh, baby them at first um, so that they get a good root establishment before you do the transplanting okay sounds good you know you could use a starter fertilizer once they come up and uh, that would help them develop a a quicker root system too Mm mm-hmm Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Renee. Thanks for calling. Let's go to uh, Steve from Fairbury. Hi, Steve. Hi there. How you doing? How's it going today? Well, it's really good, and uh, you're you're coming in at the right number of callers, so you only get charged five dollars per question. How's that? (laughs) Oh, gosh darn it! (laughs) Hey, um, I've got we've got some evergreen trees that are oh probably about thirty years old. And they're they're been always healthy, but this year we noticed that they're getting a real faint kind of a brown, maybe not a rust color, but it, it's kind of a darker color on them. Uh, not on all of it, on just some of it. And I'd read where some of that could be weather related for our, the type of winter we had. But is that is that true? And is there something we should do to worry about it or? That's exactly right, and I, I would guess that you're mostly seeing it on the north uh, or west sides of this of the evergreens. Um, yeah. And because it's just due to the extreme cold temperatures we had, and uh, the evergreens will still carry some moisture uh, inside their needles even during the winter. So uh, you literally, it's, it's basically frozen. As your new growth comes out, you'll probably see some of those uh, burned uh, needles drop. And that won't hurt anything, but it's just the plant bringing itself in balance and uh, getting rid of uh, its injured tissues. Okay, that's what we were wondering then. So, hey, listen, thanks for the information. Appreciate it. Well, the other thing is if if we don't get the rain this next week that they're predicting, 
then uh -huh. it, it wouldn't hurt to give them a good drink of water. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, glad you said that, yeah. yeah and just turn a hose on very slowly and uh, just let it run for, say, 30 minutes in a spot and then move it around the tree so that you get a good saturation of the soil around that root system. Okay, I will do. Okay. Okay. Thanks for Thank calling. Thank you. Have a, good, have a good weekend. Same to you. Something tells me uh, his wife is going to be doing the majority of that work. <laughs> I'm just guessing. 402-729-3383. That is our phone number, 402-729-3383 on Yard and Garden Live every Friday morning now all the way through the summer. And then we'll take another break at the, uh, at the end of summer. Uh, and uh, give you a couple of weeks off and come back for, with a couple of shows in the fall. So that, again, we did that last year. It seemed to work out real well. We'll do it again this year. Here is uh, Rita from Fairbury. Hi, Rita. Hello. My question is, is I have two rows of Scherenberg bushes, and they had bagworms on them, and I picked them off. But they still don't look like they're greening up. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what was happening in my yard. And I'm watching mine closely. Uh, Althea or Rosa Sharon is generally later than most other shrubs in leafing out. So I'm not giving up on mine, but what you can do is you can take your thumbnail mm -hmm. and scratch the bark and see if, those, if it's green up above um, and also scratch down low. Um, I think you may find that there's some green down below, but you may have some dead in the top. And okay. so I would sit tight until it does start to leaf out, and then you'll want to trim it back um, to where you've got live, good growth. And uh, you could fertilize it at that time uh, also, but you'll be amazed at how much it will regrow the, this year, even if you have to take it practically clear close to the ground. Um, because you've got an established root system. Okay, thank you very much, and have a great day. Thanks, same to you. Yep, thank what? you, Rita. 402-729-3383, 472-729-3383. One of the problems this year is, <clears throat> you know, we're, what are we, May 7th now? Yep. And how many warm days have we had? Huh. Not very many, Not many. right? Not many. And so, you know, it's... It's very slow for our plants to come out. They're trying because they know the sunlight, right? Daylight, right. that makes a huge difference. But they're kind of like, it's still been very cold. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's hard because typically at this time of year, you know, it's... Everything's Everything's popping. going. And, yeah. and we're, we're all going on, on all of our uh, plants. But, you know, you just this year we just need to be, be a little patient. more patient because... Things are very slow to green up this year. Some yep. things are doing great. Yep. You know, some of our things are a little earlier, and they're just, they're like, whatever. I know it's May. We're, yeah. we're okay. Um, but not everything is there yet. And, you know, it's it, it's hard because we want to be out there That's doing right. stuff and getting everything going. But, you know, just being patient is, is a big key this year with a lot of that stuff. And, and don't give up on it yet. I would say, you know, till the end of may yeah then, easily and and so you know don't give up until we're getting into that time frame hopefully by the end of may we're looking at warmer but are, well is I, it 55s I, for I like just popped, mid 50s next week i popped up the zone 33 forecast to uh, and it is uh it is calling for a 40 percent chance of rain tomorrow uh 80 for tomorrow night and then as you get into the first of the week 
there's like a chance of showers, not really great, 30 to 40%, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, <clears throat> but cool. Mm-hmm. Highs yeah. only in the upper 50s yeah, right. all three days and lows in the lower 40s. So, yeah, I don't like that. Can I you mean, change that? I can't do anything <laughs> about it. But, but that is going to slow the plants it is. down. It really does. And like even um, the crabgrass, you know, now we, we have hit that window where yep. we can apply that. But for a while there, you know, we were at, you know, the time where really we normally are applying right. it and it may have hit it for a little bit and then it popped back down right. and then you know so it's it's fluctuating so much and it's it's hard for the plants it's hard for me yeah <laughs> i don't enjoy this no. and, and i like cold weather but i'm like spring needs to like yep. get here <laughs> it just it needs to get more stable and ordinary. right right <laughs> yeah. that's right here we have uh, another call coming in this is deb from odell hello deb what's your question yeah, thank you. I know you talked about rhubarb earlier, but I have some two older uh, rhubarb plants, uh-huh. and they just have not stewed out. I mean, they're only like six inches long. They're just not growing. Do I just not do them this year or just wait and see if they'll grow some more? Uh, I think they'll grow some more once we get a little warmer temperatures. The ground temperature has been below 55 degrees up until about this point. And most plants need to have that warmer soil Mm -hmm. before they'll start pushing their vegetative growth. Um, So I would uh, be patient, and I think you will be able to harvest this year. Um, But um, uh, just um, it's going to be a little while until we get a little warmer. And as Randy was saying just a little bit ago, uh, the, um, the, the predictions are rain and only highs in the 50 to 50 degrees part of next week well 40 is at night well that doesn't really help the plants take off very quickly and you said these are older plants have you have you done any fertilization on them no i haven't yeah how yeah you know kind of left them alone i never have really even mm-hmm. in the past yeah. fertilized them you, you might be you surprised need a little yeah. bit um fertilizer on there and that'll really perk them up um you can use just a general fertilizer this time of year or um in the fall you can apply some manure around them if you uh, want to do it that way but um don't do the manure right now but you can um definitely get just a, all-purpose a an all-purpose fertilizer yeah. yep and that that might help perk them up a little bit too right if they're okay. older and you've never done that sometimes they just need a little boost yeah. okay so yep and, and just take it and if it's, it's you know, it should be granules mm-hmm. and just take and spread it around the plant and then just work it in the top inch yep. or two of the soil yep. and, okay. and water it down all right thank you thank uh-huh. you good luck deb uh, 402-729-3383, 402-729-3383. Asparagus gets to be like that, too. It just is Absolutely. so dependable. And you don't, you know, if you keep it mulched in and keep mm-hmm. the, you know, the weeds out, you'd really kind of forget about it. I don't think I've ever watered my asparagus. No, no. I don't uh, yeah, and, uh, and so one year I went, wow, this just isn't doing real good. And I, I talked to Nicole about it. She said, well, how long you had it? I said, well, it's been quite a while. Have you ever fertilized it? No. Try that, and boom, it took off. I <laughs> yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. It well, just, they eventually start using up the nutrients yep. that yep. are available in, the in soil, that yeah. soil. Yep. Even though you do mulch it in, it, yep. you know, it's yep. still. Still uh, needs a little other nutrients. That's give right. it a little pop, and mm-hmm. it uh, it came around. So uh, we have, oh, man, this is uh, this is great. This is Greenleaf, Greenleaf, Kansas, with a yard and garden question from Daniel. Hi, Daniel. 
was calling. We have pine trees, and last year our, I, the needles started going brown on them. So my husband sprayed them with fungicide a couple of times, but they're still looking really rough. Is there any suggestions you have for that? Do you know which kind of pine tree they are? Um, they're blue spruces. Oh, okay, so it's spruces. Um, if it's spruces, what time of the year did that did the brown start showing up? And it was summer, and I know we had a pretty, you know, wet spring. I, yeah. It was summer, and they started looking rough and everything. And we actually lost a few, but now I have some that are looking still rough. I would um, be this spring, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, the end of May, take a white piece of paper out there mm-hmm. and shake the branch um, r- right above that white piece of paper and then fold the paper and rub your hands across it and open it up. I think you may have had red spider problems last year, rather than uh, we did have a pretty heavy infestation. Of spider mites? Uh, spider mm-hmm. mites. And, uh, if, if, um, and they will just suck the juice right out of the needles, and so that would cause it. I don't think you've got a fungus problem. Well, right there now. is um, a needle cast yes. that's very common right now. Is it? Okay. And it, it could be some of that, too. Okay. Well, your fungicide would and, help there. But that... Um, that would show up mostly on like the bottom part of your right. tree, especially at the beginning of the infestation. Um, maybe up more on the interior, even. Yep. And like on that shadier side, is that kind of where you're seeing it, or? It's all more towards the tops of the trees. The tops. Okay. It could be, but um, it might be something else. And and the other thing that we um, also see in blue spruces is canker. Yes. And, and that's at the top. So the top of the tree will actually die. The it, yeah. If you look closely and you'll see where the wound is and the sap will be oozing out around that wound. And usually it's as it uh Mm-hmm. ages it'll turn a white color mm-hmm. and um, you'll want to cut below that canker and in the case of spruce they will over time start a new top and you can um, you can train that that branch then by just staking it gradually more upright mm-hmm. and then it will form uh, a new leader uh, for the spruce and allow um, it to regrow and fill back in. But um, uh, I still would go back to guessing that there's some red spider damage. And at first, if you just take a a hose with a high-pressure nozzle and just blast through um, the uh, trees, uh, you will wash a lot of them away because they're so microscopic. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise, you would want to use an all-purpose insecticide uh, and uh, they could be killed by by one that uh, is is uh, going to be that they really don't have to eat, but it's it's going to be effective on them. Okay, Dan L. Dan L. We'll get your name right. Uh, so uh, with the paper, when you fold it and she opens it up, it'll be, have a red cast to it. You have right? just little red streaks. Okay. Yeah. So you got okay. a lot. You got a lot. A lot to check there, right? Yeah. And. Yeah. It- if it's the the needle cast and you said you sprayed it in the summer, um, that's not going to that it's got to be before that. It's got to be like now. So if you're wanting okay. to make sure if it's a you, you know you can get it tested or whatever to see if it's that, a because fungus. that would be a fungus, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. and if that's the case, you want to be spraying it now. Yeah, you want to spray really twice. Once mm-hmm. as the uh, new growth is starting to emerge, 
and then about two weeks later after after it's pretty fully emerged. Okay. All right. Good luck. Thanks. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, go out and check and see if it's got any red in, in the paper. If not, you can probably... I uh, think it might be the fungus. You yeah. might, because once you get the fungus, then there's nothing really you can do. It well, just, just yeah, you can. You've got to. You'll be protecting the new growth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the old growth will fall off every three every year. Our third year needles drop, mm-hmm. so it'll take two to three years for them to eliminate those that have been damaged and diseased. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick time out here, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll have more of your questions on the air on Yard and Garden Live right here on Old Red 99.5. And we are back with more Yard and Garden Live on Old Red 99.5. 402-729-3383 is our phone number. 402-729-3383, answering your questions this morning, along with Nicole Stoner, Gage County Extension Educator and host of the program, is Dick Campbell, Campbell's Nursery, who uh, has made it a point to come down and see us, oh, I don't know, this is maybe fifth year, sixth year, sure. so far. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, uh, and uh, if you uh, uh, have any kind of questions, uh, this is a great week to uh, get your get an answer to it now we had uh, uh, an employee come in and said this uh, talking about uh, talking about oh a plant that you know and you guys were asking about you know where where it is in the environment even in a yard uh, you you have different I mean Graham Herbs really talked about that two weeks ago that different parts of the same you know general area have different little right. uh, eco microclimate uh, microclimate yep. there yeah. that was the word yeah and uh, and yeah it's kind of interesting you know you can have a uh, you know a lilac plant you know on one corner of your yard then another corner of your yard but it's completely different right. maybe it's up against a white fence yep. or right. it's getting some glare off of a metal building and the other one isn't right so well, it's all just you know, a little you get that a lot when people call and they're like well my neighbor's plant is doing this and yeah. mine's not well you can't compare yourself to your neighbor's plant because that's a different microclimate yeah it really is it could be down a slope it could be uphill it, right. you know, more shade less shade yeah more yeah. water less water i mean sure. those kinds of things make a huge difference in how that plant's going to grow well, and when it's going to bloom well in nebraska you've got a choice you can either build high on the hill for your views right and you're going to have a lot more wind and you're going to have a lot more change in temperatures mm-hmm. and such or you can build low and you have to create your own views and you'll get out of the wind and you'll mm-hmm. be able to grow things that are um, more temperamental in our yep. part of the country and uh, have great success with them mm-hmm. uh, because they just get much more protection right. when they're down low. Yeah. So it's you, ever, you have to analyze your yard. Right. And you want to make sure that if you out and expose that you get evergreens on the north and the west because uh, mm-hmm. that's where we get our winter uh, winds and yep. such. And you will get wind protection 10 times the height of the evergreen. Mm-hmm. So if the evergreen's 10 foot tall, for 100 feet, you will get some protection uh, from those north winds. Yeah. Uh, and then also south and west uh, would be for your shade trees, mm-hmm. uh, for the house, because that will help cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's certain 
common sense uh, things that you can analyze in your yard that will make a huge difference in creating the microclimates you need and right. desire. Right. You know, uh, and, and I, I know, because I know somebody that lives in my house that is guilty of this, um, they'll come back from um, Campbell Nursery <laughs> with, a, with a load full of plants, you know, that, that she wants to plant. And, you know, she'll be putting them in the ground and some of them will do just great and other ones are not doing so great. And, and it's always kind of the same. Well, you know, the, the, the person there that helped me said these would be great in full sun, partial sun, yeah. mist of sun, morning sun, evening sun, so whatever. But the, that's the case. But this person didn't know that you were planting them up next against the house or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. be, because... Because it does make a difference, yeah. but there's you know there's general rules whether uh, it wants full full sun or you know partial sun, right? And then full sun is as little as how many hours of sun? Is it like it's five six, or six? Six to eight is six to eight. Sun. Yeah, full sun. But there's a difference in if it wants you know it, typically if they're full sun they're going to want more afternoon. You know you can say well it gets sun from eight a.m. to two o'clock. Well, right. The, that's it's a not lot the same. cooler sun yeah, that's than not the if same. it gets yeah. sun from noon until 5 o'clock. You yeah. know, that's a lot different amount uh, intensity of yeah. the sunlight um, in the afternoon. And so, you know, when when people, like for vegetable gardens, I, I'm always like, you know, tomatoes, they like it hot. They yeah. want to be in that afternoon full sun. They want right. that. They don't want morning sun. That's right. It's too cool for them. They don't, they don't like that. Yeah, that's mo- one of my problems I really don't get. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I get noon to you know maybe six Mm -hmm. but i don't get the full day of the full you know heat and i think green peppers are much the same way yes they they really like that most of your vegetable plants like that afternoon hot hot sun yeah Yeah. Yeah. they're gonna do better than that 402-729-3383 402-729-3383 what's in your garden this year what are you going to plant? Do you have any questions on uh, different things that you might try? Uh, great uh, great guest here to uh, answer those questions as well. Uh, 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Uh, you put me on the spot right That's here. Right. Sorry about that. Okay. <clears throat> um, so one of the other things, um, there's a program that we're doing um, and I've, we've talked about the Grow Big Red series before. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing another one on pollinator gardening. It actually started this last Tuesday, the 4th of May. Um, but uh, it's continuing for the May 11th and May 18th. And they're at 6.30 p.m. Um, and they're all on Zoom. Um, so you can register for those. And if you missed that first one, they are recorded. So we can you can watch that recorded one um, later. But you can sign up for them at go.unl.edu forward slash pollinator gardening okay um and so that would that's a really good one um that we're doing and i know there's a few more uh topic areas they'll be we'll be doing we're trying to do at least one of them a month um to cover just different topics and um so those are those are fun free um zoom programs so 402-729-3383 is our phone number Uh, i thought we had a call i think maybe they dropped the cell uh, we have open lines right now, and we do have time to answer your questions before we leave at around 1130, about 30 minutes from now. 402-729-3383 is our phone number for Yard and Garden Live on today, 
Today's Best Country, Old Red 99.5. Whoa. All three lines lit up here in a row. <laughs> you so, asked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. I love it. Uh, let me see. We have Colby from Western and the other two to follow. Hi, Colby. What's your question? Oh, I just got it. We got a garden. Uh, wondering if, uh, you know, we get some spray drift on them. Will them plants come out of it or can you eat? eat the fruit or vegetables off of it if they do get drifted on there so with that one i can't tell you that that's safe so the the thing with that is we don't know what the product is that was applied if you know if you're not sure if you didn't do it yourself you know you don't know necessarily what was sprayed so then you don't know when or if it will be out of the system of the plant uh, the okay. only way to tell that is to send off a sample to, there's a place in South Dakota for like $300. You can go ahead and get it sampled and yeah, see. You do, do your vegetable shopping at the farmer's yeah. market. Yeah, so, you know, if it does get sprayed, eventually they probably they will grow out of it. Um, but that safety thing is, is kind of between you and your family. I can't make, I can't tell you if or when it will be safe. A lot of times, too, we'll tell people to, uh, first of all, if it's, if it's, if 2,4-D product that they has been applied. Your tomatoes and some of the other more susceptible uh, vegetables are not going to come out of it uh, very well. If it's uh, things that are a little tougher, they will grow out of it. But what we tell people is if that happens, they should pick any fruit that's on that plant at that time and discard it. And then any new fruit that does grow uh, they should be fine. Okay. All right. Sounds good. That's what I was wondering. Appreciate it. Thank, thank Thanks you. Thanks for Col- calling. You betcha. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let me see. Spencer from uh, Fairbury is coming up uh, right after this is is either Joan or Joanne from Kensington. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, this doesn't sound like a Joanne at all. Hello? Do what? Go, go ahead. That's all right. It doesn't matter. Where are you calling from? Uh, Kensington, Kansas. All right. What uh, what's your question? Uh, I've been having a tough time growing melons. Mm, okay, what kind? Watermelon or cantaloupe or? Just all honeydew. Just all types of melons. Like I, I don't know what type of soil to use or what. What? Uh, when do you start seeing your problems? What was that? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, when do you start seeing the problems with growing? Um, usually in the early stages, they'll get to a small, good stage, and then they'll just kind of die out. And are, do, are you fertilizing them at all? Yes. Okay. Um, and a steady diet of water? Yes. Okay. Those are two of the most prominent things that would keep them from, from developing. I'm wondering if they start growing and then get squash vine borer. Yeah, that's what. And then it will make the plant completely die. Are yours completely dying or they just seem stay, stay uh, don't grow? They're just completely dying. They yeah. Just, yeah. It's like they mm-hmm. just shrivel up and yep. shrink. Is it like a, a almost overnight? Or it um, happens happens kind really of. Kind, of, yeah. kind of quick? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's squash vine borer. Yep, I would agree. It's a very common insect that we get in all of the, the zucchinis, cucumbers, squash, melons, pumpkins. All of those can get it. 
Um, and so with that one, um, once it's there, it's it, you really can't do anything yeah. about it. Um, and so you can start, they, they typically start flying in June. So you can start spraying the plants um, and concentrate that at the base of the plant. That's where they're going to lay their eggs. Um, and just spray with like a seven or eight or bifenthrin. Um, and you'll want to spray every couple of weeks um, during that June, at least the month of June, um, to really get them through that um, when those squash vine borers are less active That's a little right. later in July, mm-hmm. you know. But the good thing is you, you don't have to do mm-hmm. the, necessarily the whole plant, just the yeah. right where the right where it comes up out of the ground, mm-hmm. right about around there. If you can uh, get a, a jar with a lid on it, maybe poke little holes in it like a salt shaker mm-hmm. and seven. Uh, seven, t- eight or, yeah. or bifenthrin, you can yeah. use that. Um, you just sprinkle it on yep. there. I would, I would say that's probably most likely what you're dealing with, um, just if they're dying that quickly and, and they were looking good before that and then plants just kind of shrivel up and, and die. That's pretty, I, I would agree. pretty common there. All right. Um, so you could also okay. do like some row covers if you don't want to be spraying um, or just doing something to kind of, you can wrap um, like uh, steel wool or something like that around the base of the plant, right where it's coming out of the ground. That can help too. Well, thank you. Yep. Yeah, good luck. Yep. I, I just love melons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, there's, melons. and there's and there's there's nothing better than a cantaloupe that you've just picked. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. Hello. This is uh, Cindy from Blue Springs. Hi, Cindy. What's your question? Something tells me that isn't Cindy. We'll try this one. Hi, Cindy? Yes. Hi. Okay. What's your question? My question is, when's the best time to transplant um, you will want to wait until they go dormant, uh, which will be in August, early September. And then you just cut the tops back on them and you can dig them and divide them uh, if you want to get more plants. Uh, but you want to have at least what we call three to five eyes. And once you dig them, you'll see the little buds down at, at the base. And that's what we call the eye. So you'll want a, a minimum of three to five uh, eyes to the plant you're going to transplant. Um, you can transplant the whole thing, uh, but remember that you will probably not get a lot of bloom next year until it gets its roots established again. And when you do transplant them, um, put bone meal down in the hole uh, with the root system and that will help get them established a little more quickly. And okay. One of the things to remember with peonies is to get them planted at the same depth. If yeah. you go too deep, they will not bloom. So what you can do is leave a little of that foliage on until you get it re, uh, replanted. But um, tie a little piece of string on there or mark it with a marker of where that soil line is. And then that makes sure that when you move it to the new spot, you're at the same depth. Because if you go too deep, they aren't going to bloom. That's right. And, and actually... A lot of times, it's only like a quarter to half inch. Yeah, they're not deep. very deep. They're not very deep. Okay, thank you very much. Thank I'll you. do that in this fall. Okay. Very good. Thank you for your call. Four, thank you. You betcha. We'll be back with more of your calls on Yard and Garden Live. Stay with us, please. 
And we are back. Yard and Garden Live on Old Red 99.5, 402-729-3383. Answering your questions to your tough landscape problems today. Nicole Stoner, who is the host and here each and every Friday morning, uh, Gage County Extension Educator, uh, brings with her a guest uh, just about every week. And this week, we have Dick Campbell, Campbell uh, Nurseries uh, in Lincoln. Got a lot of information. If you've got questions, uh, probably pretty much going to get you an answer. 402-729-3383. We do have open lines right now. And, uh, and we'll be coming up to the close of the program. So uh, if you've been waiting uh, for an open line, now's the time you can call in and get your uh, answer uh, 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Did it again. I know. You were over there kind of daydreaming. I, I really, I, I was just. So we could talk about lawn care um, because we're, we're really in that window. We talked a little bit about the crabgrass. Sure. If you haven't put that on, yeah. you're still fine. Um, to apply that. And some of those products, um, I think it's Drive, has a little bit of pre- and post-emergent yeah. um, uh, efficacy. So um, that's when you can use, um, if you haven't put on a fertilizer and your lawn is kind of not quite as green as you want it to, um, you can do that now. But if it is um, holding that, it's got a nice green hue, you could go ahead and wait till Memorial Day and do one, an application then. Um, you know, just give uh, skipping this first earlier one. Okay. Um, but so we can. Y- yeah, and if that. they're starting to see broadleaf weeds in their yard, uh, if it's just spotty here and there, they can just use a spot mm-hmm. application uh, to take those out. But otherwise, if they've got a pretty good crop of broadleaf weeds, um, then they'll want to use either a granular weed and feed product, mm-hmm. or there's a product called Weed No More which is a, a combination of, of herbicides that uh, really is a very effective. Now, the most effective time, though, to kill them is in the fall. Mm-hmm. And if you do an application in September and follow mm-hmm. up with another one early October, yep. you will eliminate most of your problems for the next year. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and, and, a, and a, a thing to remember is now's the time to buy this stuff to put in on the mm-hmm. fall because a lot of times when fall gets here you don't think about it because it's not out on the a lot of the shelves mm-hmm. that you you know yeah. and it just skips your mind you go oh man i meant to do it and i forgot yes. yep. so. yeah and um with the weather the way it is we if you needed to do a couple spot sprays or whatever right. with some 24d products it's cool enough yeah. you'd be okay for the yeah, next the few whole, days the, yeah the, all so, next week yeah. it looks like yep. uh well lucky here folks we've got some calls coming in this is uh becky over in beatrice hi becky what's your question hey good morning i have some canna bulbs and i just need to know do i plant those um in direct sunlight shaded area where's the best place to plant a canna bulb full sun mm-hmm uh, they love the sun. Cannas are a tropical plant, uh, and so uh, they um, they will do well and bloom best uh, if they have a full sun environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. And then how deep do I need to dig the hole to plant it? Uh, you'll want to get that tuber down just, just uh, about two inches below the top of it, about two inches below the, the uh, top of the ground, or... You can take and start them in a pot, 
and get them going uh, where you have much more control of regulating moisture and, and, mm -hmm. and sunlight and so on. Uh, and then once you get them up and growing a little bit, then go ahead and transplant them into the into your bigger pots. Oh, clever idea. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate your show. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for Bye. listening. Appreciate it. 402-729-3383. Uh, we're just going to go ahead. Yep. Drop the call. Poo. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Cell phone issues? I don't know. There we go. Now we're back. A couple of phone calls coming in. It looks like 402-729-3383. We'll go ahead and take this phone call while the other one's getting screened. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> Fun with the phones here this morning. Hi, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, I had a question. I was looking to put in a privacy uh windbreak kind of uh, fence along a, a landscape mm -hmm. and something that would grow, uh, you know, re reasonably fast. And I was looking at a, I was looking at a giant uh, ar arborvitae mm -hmm. uh, variety or, you know, I've got power lines in the back, so they probably shouldn't grow any higher than like probably 20 feet. Right. Um, is this any a full, full sun area? Full sun. Um, do you want it? It depends on these uh, the selection that you're, the cultivar that you're you're selecting. Uh, Arborvita, there are some that are uh, much tougher for our environment than others, mm -hmm. and so um, you'll want to look for ones that have been more northern produced, um, so that. Uh, you're getting a variety that will definitely work. And especially in a windbreak situation, um, they're going to be far more exposed. And um, you can get winter burn mm -hmm. and some of the other things on it if, if it's not the correct variety, or they can even die. Yeah. Um, so that's the main thing is to make sure that uh, you're getting a, a variety that's got some, some northern uh, culture to it. Uh, and uh, there are several. There's two or three really good ones, and um, and they will um, do very well. And I, Arborvita will probably be one of your faster growing ones. Right. And if you're necessarily having to go with um, an evergreen, <clears throat> and you're trying to stay a little shorter, you could go with something like a U. Yep. They would there's some big U's that would do really well um to give you some privacy in a windbreak yep. kind of situation that might grow a little bit better long term. Yep. Um the arborvitaes I've seen in the past few years too many times where we've had um a a quick cool down in the fall and it really takes most of them out. Yep. Um so they're not my preferred choice for a windbreak. Right. Um and also one of the other th thoughts that that I had while Dick was talking was what about going with something like your service berries and or viburnums or privets um, that's, you know, it's a little less evergreen, right. um, but would give you um, that height that you're looking to stay right. under, give you a little even, you know, uh, wildlife and things like that. And they would do really, really very well. Well, you know, and there's also uh, several new pine and spruce mm -hmm. varieties 
that are more dwarf in their height yeah. that'll be a maximum of like 12 feet, 15 foot tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would be very good for, for the windbreak. They will, uh, they, they normally, most of those are narrower formed uh, evergreens also. So they're not going to eat up a lot of yard space, but um, you'll probably have the least amount of problems with the spruce or the pine. And you're also looking to mm-hmm. get a little like uh, privacy too, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, 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 I thought the spruce might be a little slower growing, so I, I didn't, I didn't know about that. But there's maybe some varieties out there now that are better at that. Yeah. There. If you look at the Norway or the Black Hills uh, spruce in the newer dwarf forms, mm-hmm. um, you will uh, find they will be very quick growers. Where a blue spruce will put out maybe six to eight inches of new growth a year usually, uh, these others will put out anywhere from a foot to eighteen inches. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And I think those will, those will do a lot better for you in a windbreak setting yes. than an arbor variety will. Yes, I agree. Okay. Um, what was the variety of you that you mentioned that you thought would work? There's two. There's two. Um, the, one of them is um, <laughs> is Hicks you, yeah. but the other the other one is called. Um, my mind just went totally blank. It's and I use it all the time, but it's a it's Gensiformis a cr- one. It, no, it's a, it's a cross between a Hicks. And a spreading you, and mm-hmm. so as it grows with its height, it's got side branches on it, so that it um, fills uh, in that way. It too. fills in that way too, and okay. and, and you can grow it. And uh, columnaris, mm. columnaris you uh, is the is that variety. Okay, and excellent. So yous are yous are very pretty and would do yeah. a really good job. Just don't eat the berries. Yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'll leave that to the birds. Thanks. There you go. There you go. All right, Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. And I think this just might be Vince. Vince's been having a lot of trouble getting in with a cell phone. Hi, Vince. Is this you? Hi. Yeah. You want to? Uh, he has boxwoods, guys, that aren't looking very good. This is a pretty common uh, common call here on Yard yeah. Garden Line, huh? What are yours doing, Vince? I I like your program. I listen to it whenever I can. I probably missed it when you were talking about it. But uh, no big deal. No big deal. What's wrong with the boxwoods? They used to always be so good, and now they're all brown. And the last two years in a row, um, that's really weather exposure as much as anything. Uh, two years ago, uh, we were drier uh, during the year, and so they may have gone into the winter. Uh, not having enough moisture around them. This last winter, the bitter cold is what's caused the burn. And um, what you need to do is just trim that out. And um, even if it leaves you with a bare branch uh, after getting rid of that, uh, it will fill back in and will regrow. And it wouldn't hurt at all to give them a good fertilization uh, when you do, after you do the trimming. Okay, well, I thought somebody told me one time don't fertilize them. No, and you uh, I, you don't, if a plant's growing well, you don't need to fertilize it. But when it gets into a problem, uh, if you can push it along a little bit uh, to fill out, it will do much better. Okay, and I don't know, we was using them for landscaping. We're thinking about quitting it because every year we got to do something to them. And that's, that's not a, that's not normal though. And, um, I think you'll find that eight out of 10 years, if not more, uh, you'll be okay and they'll do fine. 
but it wouldn't hurt to give them a good drink of water in the fall, mm-hmm. uh, about mid-October, just so you build some moisture around that root system for going through the winter. And you could even, so, if you need to you, and we're dry, you could even water them once a month during yes, the winter. Yes, yes. Even in November, December, January, you know. Yep. Yeah, well, we thought we overwatered them, so we had plenty of water to okay. them. So. Okay. Well, they... Okay. I, I doubt if you've overwatered them because boxwood are pretty tough that way. Mm-hmm. And with our newer strains of boxwood that have uh, originated in Canada and then were brought to the United States, uh, and that's the one we primarily use now is is green velvet mm-hmm. and, and green mountain mm-hmm. and green gem. And those those are hardier varieties too. Okay. All right. Thank you. You betcha. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Finally, Vince, we got you on, huh? Cell phone held up. We'll be back right after this. And uh, we are back. Uh, we uh, let me see. We have uh, plum run out of time here. First of all, we want to uh, say a big thank you. To, uh, to our friend Dick Campbell from Campbell Nursery. Thank you. And uh, I was going to say, uh, look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. May I send her son? There's, there there, there's, uh, if there's some ocean floor that hasn't been uh, explored, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to get that done, don't That's you? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, um, so if we don't, uh, Thanks a lot for coming down this year anyway. Thank well, you. I've enjoyed it for over the years. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, I've been a great guest. And uh, speaking of guests, Nicole, who is coming up? Uh, Dave Olson from the Nebraska Forest Service will be on next week. All right. <laughs> from so, the Nebraska Forest Service. Yep. Which is good because uh, we'll probably have another a round of uh, tree issues to take yeah, care sure. of. Huh? <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, until then, uh, have yourself a, a great weekend, everyone. Mother's Day. Sunday, don't forget, guys. I want to end up in the doghouse, so uh, you know, take care of mama. And until next week, keep it green and keep it growing. <laughs>